What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Cajun Libertarian Live. I am your host, the Cajun Libertarian. So glad to have y'all. So glad to be right back at it. Crazy busy uh, schedule, and I couldn't be more grateful. Thank you so much for tuning in. For anybody that's new, uh, stick around. We always have incredible guests, and we have an incredible guest tonight. We'll be talking with Steve Sheets, the former Libertarian Party chair for the state of Pennsylvania, who, uh, if I'm not mistaken, forfeited his chair so that he could do even more to run for the United States Senate and represent Pennsylvania on the federal level. Huge deal. We'll talk to him next on the Cajun Libertarian Live. back thank you for tuning in we're gonna have an awesome evening tonight with steve sheets uh let me get these uh ads and announcements knocked out so that we can get right to the main event who you want to hear from who is steve and not me and so really quick you can get to my website cajunlibertarian.com we have all of the things at CajunLibertarian.com that you can possibly think of, except for most of the things. We just have like t-shirts and stickers, but that's okay. Uh, they're awesome t-shirts and stickers. I have t-shirts right here that I had to pay for myself, but hey, that's how it goes. And I'm very grateful to have it. I got my sticker right here on my laptop. They are awesome. So donate to the show by going to pay, PayPal, Cajun Libertarian one and I also have the Stripe account. You can catch me on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you can catch your podcasts that are streamed out from Anchor FM, which we will be taking Anchor FM call-in moments every Monday. So please call in and do your best to absolutely embarrass me because that's what I live for. Uh, don't forget that on Tuesday nights, we have Matt and Spike with the muddied waters of freedom. Then on Wednesday, we have My Fellow Americans with Spike Cohen. And then on Thursdays, we have The Writer's Block with Matt Wright. And then Fridays, Cajun Eskimo Show from Bayou's to Igloos on Muddy Waters Media. I think we covered all of the Muddy Waters. Oh, my bad. Jason, Mr. Bearded Truth. You know what? Let's talk. Let, let me show you something real quick. This is what my dear friend and co-host, Eskimo Libertarian, made. Because you know what? She's always right. And she's right here. Yes, indeed. Cajun Beard is better than Mr. Beard of Truth. Jason, we love you, but my beard is better, my friend. No question. And also, another big-time sponsor of the Cajun Libertarian Show and Muddy Waters Media is High End Bags and Accessories, Fierce Luxury by Ashley, fierceluxurybyashley.com. Fierce Luxury is a high-end bag and accessories consignment store based online. They carry the hottest brands, excuse me, like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Hermes or Hermes. I'm not sure. Maybe it's Hermes, not to be confused with herpes. 
Consign with them for a 30% fee, 20% less than most consignment stores. Find them online at FierceLuxuryByAshley.com and on Facebook, their exclusive group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Also, another quick plug that somebody's coming really quick and sponsoring my show. Well, TomForFifty2.com! T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. That's T-O-M-F-O-R-5-2.com. TomForFifty2.com. He is also running for office, but in the great state of New York. Are we still allowed? Are we still doing that? Can we still say the great state of New York? I think the people of New York are fantastic and they deserve to be called the great state of New York, despite their political governance and peoples that are in office there. So Tom 52.com for 52com With that being said, the man of the hour, Mr. Steve Sheets, let's bring him on. Steve, what's going on? So far, so good. You know, I joined your seafood caucus. You know, I, I do love seafood. You know, one of the uh, if it, if it's not sushi, uh, I'm really loving the uh, the black and Cajun style seafood. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm loving seeing the recipes and stuff. That's what I'm talking about. That I <laughs> no, like I, I know you're, you're you're usually watching. I hope you're watching right now. Cajun seafood for the win against the Alaskan seafood. <laughs> not to put you on the spot there but hey, yeah. hey look the one the one thing alaska does do right is alaskan wild salmon amen she loves it oh <laughs> there she is right there eskimo libertarian yes seafood caucus absolutely co-founded by myself and eskimo libertarian thank you for joining that steve we have a major player in the seafood caucus now named steve sheets uh yes spike cohen is part of the seafood caucus but he is not on the same level as steve sheets so <laughs> thank you steve <laughs> yeah, again yes seafood caucus is greater than the waffle house caucus sorry okay we're gonna have a little fun right that's part of it gotta, gotta have fun with all of it you know it's, it's, that's that's kind of why we're here yeah you know, everything you do if, if you're not doing it for your own purposes and you're not having a good time while doing it then what's the point you know um Part of uh, part of what brought me to politics is, you know, a wanting to see the world see, set free in my lifetime. That that's something I think we all want. But you know, another part of it is working with some really awesome people, working with friends. Uh, Ryan's talking about the Radical Caucus. Absolutely. You know, um, we've been working together for a while, and a lot of it's really good. You know, recently, one of our uh, one of our friends, or one of my friends, Whitney Billio, just became chair of the Libertarian Party National. And um, if I could give a shout out to her and say congratulations. Absolutely. I met her in 2016. Uh, we were working on platform stuff, and the one platform plank that we worked together in the past was the death penalty plank. And you know, that was something that, you know, libertarians are definitely against the use of force by particularly by the government. Right. And, um, you know, death penalty being the most egregious use of force by the government. And we didn't have anything in our platform that said that we were against it. But in 2016, uh, you know, we would start off as something that didn't really quite work for the convention body. You know, it was brought forward by Whitney something clear something concise something simple and it was really awesome and we passed it there with 
almost 85% of the people in that room. Just, it was fantastic. Wow. And it was, it's really, it's really cool when you get 85% of libertarians at a convention to agree on something. Yeah. <laughs> That's excellent. Uh, I actually am a big fan of Whitney Bilyeu. I have had her on the show already and I was able to be fortunate enough to <laughs> looking at comments. Uh, I was fortunate enough to be able to snag Whitney for the first interview uh, right after she got uh, nominated or elected chair of the LNC. So she'll be coming on Sunday. Great shout out there, Steve. Thank you. Oh, my pleasure. You know, um, so we talked before about things that we'd be talking about tonight. And, you know, I could talk, uh, I could talk a little bit about chair stuff. But before I get talking about the chair stuff, I'd like to go into the Senate campaign because that's what I'm working on right now. And that's what I'm really excited about right now. You know, um, starting off, you know, real, real quick and clean to the non-libertarians in your audience, you know, they, they wonder what it is that separates libertarians apart. You know, and, and libertarians, what we believe, no conflict exists between an orderly society and individual rights. You know, provided that people respect the rights and property of others, you know, we don't need, uh, we don't need a government. You know, it's, it's not right for anybody to initiate force or fraud against another human being. You know, whether this a person, a group, or government, none of that's acceptable. So as long as everybody respects everybody else's rights, everybody's cool. That's what libertarianism is about. And we want to we stop this overreach. You know, uh, when we go through the issues, we have a lot of, we have a lot of issues where government is doing a lot of overreach. You know, uh, take gun control, for example. You know, when we look at the legislation, our legislators and our, um, and our executive branch, um, they've been talking about gun control. I mean, talking about gun control as a means of controlling violence. But what they should be doing, instead of being reactionary, is trying to figure out what the root causes of these, of these episodes of violence happen to be. You know, why are they happening? Absolutely. You know, um, I, that kind of it kind of trickles down. I'm going to I'm going to get back to the gun violence part, but it kind of trickles down to the drug war. You know, most of our violence that happens in our streets is directly related to the drug war. And, and you know, as, as we talk about the drug war, you know, the drug war is also um, indirectly responsible for some of the immigration problems that we have. You know, it's it's a lot of these things are tied together. You know, when, uh, when we're seeing people running across the border, our southern border with Mexico, you know, a lot of them are coming up from places like El Salvador. And El Salvador has been wrecked by our drug war policy. Now, um, as, this, as this black market drug trade remains profitable, uh, these people are just shooting each other to protect their, uh, protect their bottom line. You know, and if they were working in a CVS, well, you know, they they wouldn't necessarily need to have AK-47s to defend their CBS. Now, there's there there are ways around those things, but you know, the drug war kind of makes places like El Salvador a crappy place to live, which is why these people are running to somewhere else, like the United States, for example. Um, you know, then going back, you know, we see the uh, the violence in our streets. If we stop the drug war tomorrow, 
right? Like if we, we were able to stop the drug war tomorrow, we would stop at least 35% of the gun violence in major cities in the United States. If we were able to stop the drug war tomorrow or some of those policies, we would be stopping the spending of hundreds of billions of dollars of taxpayer dollars each year. Now, if we were to stop the drug war, we could stop the warehousing of human beings in prisons. You know, and we all pay for this. You know, they pay for this. Right. You know, the, these are people, a lot, of, a lot of the people in these prisons have not committed anything violent. You know, any, any crime that was violent, they were just doing drugs, and that's why they're in prison. Then they go to prison, and I don't know if the idea is to rehabilitate them, but if that's the idea, that idea is failing because these people come out bigger addicts when, than when they went in. You know, uh, there are ways we could fix these problems, but, you know, we first need to attack the root cause, you know, this drug war. You know, the spending of hundreds of billions of dollars on policy that just doesn't work. You know, and, um, and getting back to gun violence, you know, we have these reactionary bits of legislation rather than attacking the root cause of the violence in the first place. You know, we wonder sometimes if, you know, the court system would actually protect our rights. You know, and... Um, a lot of people are concerned that after they heard or read rulings, like what happened with the Ninth Circuit not too long ago, you know, they actually came out and said, you know, there is no right to carry arms openly in public, nor is any such right within the scope of the Second Amendment. They literally said that. And they cited 14th century England law. You know? Nothing, nothing from the United States, nothing written from our lawmakers, stuff from the 14th century in England. You know, I, I wanted to say it's like 1360 something was when it came out, whatever it was that they were citing. But I could be wrong on the actual date. Doesn't matter. Point is, it didn't originate in the United States. It has no bearing on, you know, who we are as people. So, you know, will will the court system defend our rights? No. You know, I guess it depends on where you are in the United States. You know, some might. Right. You know, we heard a ruling in uh, in Virginia today that where where uh, people under twenty one, where it was declared unconstitutional that they couldn't have guns or couldn't you know purchase firearms. And that was, I think, that was a really solid a solid thing that they did. You know, um, it, it's it's it sucks though because again. The court system is there for something where rights have already been damaged, you know, where people's lives have been affected, you know, where you can actually say, you know, this impacted me in a very negative way and I need some type of relief. That's what the court systems are there for. They're not there to be proactive. Yeah, you make a good point there and Eskimo kind of beat you to it. Uh, laws are for being able to seek justice, not prevent criminals. I love what you're saying right there that's awesome very true so yeah we have you know we have that and, and a lot of those things are are intertwined you know these these true. bits of issues you know and um you know we we also have um uh, you know as far as stuff that the legislator legislation 
can be a legislature can be taking up um, LGBTQ rights, um, minimum wage, health care, uh, pollution, and all these things in foreign policy, all these things are stuff that we're going to be dealing with, you know, once elected to office. And part of being a senator is building coalitions with like-minded people. You know, we can, I can reach across the aisle and work on um, ending some of our more egregious foreign policy initiatives where we have just been sticking our nose in other people's business for a very, very, very long time. Um, I know as libertarians, we don't like people telling us what to do. Right. You know, so it's almost really natural and really organic that a libertarian in government would be telling the rest of the government, hey, <laughs> we got to stop telling these countries what to do. You know, we um, we went in and we were in Afghanistan for 20 years. And what exactly happened when we left? You know, we left a lot of military equipment there. We left with, you know, some of the people who were in government, some of the people who were working on their own public policy. And they were all saying things like, you know, if you guys left us alone to work with, you know, the people who were against us, we could have actually had some decent public policy in our nation. We could have actually fixed some things. You know, if, if we were able to work with the Taliban, we might have actually been able to broker some kind of a peace initiative, some kind of a deal of some sort. But as it is, uh, we might have broken that that trust, broken that potential for agreement forever, just because we've been there for so long. You know, and we leave uh, we leave weapons, we leave equipment. You know, what happens to that stuff, you know, when, when we walk away? Um, I, I'd really like to get involved with uh, a group of like-minded, you know, senators and come up with some tripartisan bills to get us out of these nations, that, you know, where we don't belong, um, where we could have some tripartisan bills where we could do things like um, maybe do some things with healthcare, you know, Healthcare is one of those complicated issues, and a lot of people have um, had this expectation that there's some sort of an easy fix. But I hate to break it to everybody, there is no easy fix. We can start yeah. working on some things. You know, we can start uh, maybe bringing some libertarian ideas to it, like uh, transparency and the cost of of different procedures, for example. Yep. You know, if you don't have if you don't have an emergency situation, you know, where you absolutely positively need an MRI, maybe you could shop around for you know the cheapest MRI for you. You have no idea what these what these procedures cost until they hit your insurance company. That's you know? right. And it sucks. You know, if we if we opened it up. You know, uh, maybe Hospital A is charging $600 for this MRI. Maybe Hospital B is charging $5,000. But if you know it and you start going to Hospital A for the you know, $600 one, then all of a sudden Hospital B is going to say, oh, um, maybe we're charging too much for this. And you'll start seeing the, the price of procedures start to drop. You'll see the quality of healthcare start to increase, like with any kind of competition. And um, yeah, the more the more we 
bring this stuff in, you know, we'll actually start seeing maybe some reform in the cost of medical care. You know, um, it's it's not going to be a quick fix. It's not going to be something that's going to happen overnight. You know, we, we have seen in the past where government gets involved and does things and makes things worse. You know, I'm, I'm not really about that. I'm more about putting people back in control of their own lives, you know, and, and let them be part of the solution. Absolutely. So about your campaign right now, how is it looking? I know that Pennsylvania is y'all have had some massive success uh, with the Liberty Movement, with the Libertarian Party there. What is it that you're like? What's your next goal uh, in this campaign as running for senator of the United States? I mean, that's incredible. I, I feel like you got a great shot at winning. What do we need to do to help you? What is the next goal set for you? All right, so right now I have a group of 20 people and we're all working together to try and, and make things happen. We have a guy who's putting together my website as we speak. We have the finance stuff is, is in process. Um, I believe we have the first, uh, I believe we're working on um, FEC filing, that sort of stuff, the stuff that you have to do. Right. And the paperwork issues. Um, we have a bank account set up. Um, the website is almost live. We're really close to it. And I'm hoping to have right. it live really, really soon. But, you know, whatever money I get in donations is going to be spent doing several things. You know, 2022 is a big year. You know, and um, this year is a big year. Absolutely. So, yeah, in Pennsylvania, we have done remarkably well in, in municipal elections. In, 20, in 2019, we elected more libertarians than the rest of the nation. And we did that by seeking out these offices where you know, we can actually win. We have a really decent strategy for right. doing this. And you know, I'm going to leave talking about the strategy to Jennifer because it's, it's kind of her baby. But um, yeah, but I'm I'm gonna say, you know, we've done really well with that. But in these even years, you know, that's that's when things like state rep come up, state senator comes up, um, Congress comes up, and as we do these, and governor, lieutenant governor, you know, as we do these bigger races like Senate, it's our job. It's like it's incumbent upon us to help the down ballot candidates, to help those people who are running for state rep state senate and help them with ballot access help them with campaigns so you know whatever money i get i'm going to be driving around the state helping all the candidates that are down ballot for me because whoever it is that i help i'm helping myself too you know i'm helping everybody and you know we're all helping each other the whole purpose of doing a big race like this is to show people who libertarians are you know to right demonstrate that there is another option and our option is better. Our option is better because we're talking about solutions as opposed to paying lip service to problems. That's right. And, uh, and, and that's something I think that we bring to the table more than the Democrats or the Republicans do. You know, they, they spend a lot of money on races, but at the end of the day, they're not sharing a solution. You know, they're not offering uh, something that's workable. 
And and what I mean by workable is stuff people can actually do. You know, they're they're talking right. about stuff that government needs to do um, with people's consent. And and um, it it never seems to work out for us when, when we when we consent to allow government to do something. Right. You know, so you know, again, I'm I'm going to be doing a lot of running around and, and you know a lot of working with with those with these races. But, you know, in Pennsylvania, we have minor party status and minor party status is not something that's that can be undersold. You know, as a um, as a political body, we don't have protection of our own brand. You know, if somebody gets signatures in before us, then they can say they're running as libertarian. There's nothing we can do about it. Wow. But as but as a minor party. We can say no. Step off. Our candidates got his signatures. Here they are, and you know, and turn them in when we turn them in. You know, so we have brand protection at this point. You know, and, and it's really important to have brand protection because that means that we're the ones who are saying what we are. We're the ones who are saying what libertarians believe in, what libertarians are going to be doing. And I love it. You know, I, I love being that person. I love being able to. To talk to people. I love being, you know, when I was running for Congress, I was talking to people who had no idea what a libertarian was, you know, and, and despite the fact that's horrifying, it's also really cool that I got to be the person to share that with them too. Right. Yeah. That's a lot of fun. Yeah. I can, I can imagine. Uh, real quick, what's your donations link? Donations link. Um, hey, Bonnie, can you do me a favor and put a donations link up in the comments? Pretty yeah, please. Go. Is Bonnie your campaign manager? As a matter of fact, she is. Bonnie Flaherty, she's also our secretary. So as you can tell, she's she has really nothing going on in life. You know, she she works full time. She has two daughters. She's a single mom. Um, she's the secretary of a statewide political party, and she's my campaign manager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've actually spoken with Bonnie quite a bit. So that's pretty awesome. She's running your campaign. Fantastic. I, I like to ask the campaign manager shout out, you know, when you're doing so well, like you are. Like, I like to give it's kind of like the same concept of you running at the top of the ticket, showcasing the down ballot, right? Oh my God. No, uh, my my team is amazing. Joel Getz, um, you saw him adding some stuff. He's helping Joel, me with social media. You were saying something? You're going to say? <laughs> Joel Gibbs is just I've had him on the show and he is absolutely relentless in the comments right now Steve I'm sure you can <laughs> see that I got I, I look I got to make my man a little happy he said 0 out of 10 that I haven't asked you about lemonade or um <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we got other people in here for lemonade as well Sorry, he said, uh, what did he say? Lemonade or what's the other one? I, I, I was wanting to talk about your campaign, but good God, Joel, you are just brutally relentless right now. <laughs> oh, turkey bacon. <laughs> oh, God, turkey bacon. Turkey bacon is hilarious. So apparently, um, and no, I'm not going to talk about turkey bacon because it's, it's, just, it's just wrong to talk about turkey bacon. No, there is only one kind of bacon. It is pork bacon. Thank you. Uh, there's... I'm sorry. I take that back. I take that back. There is some bacon with beef that's not terrible, but it, it's not. It's not the same. It's not the same. Pork bacon is the best. No question. Yeah, hard agree on that one. 
Yeah. I mean, it's just, just like pineapple does not belong on pizza. You know? hey, oh, my God. Thank you. Thank you. You heard it from Steve Sheets, the man. Let's go to walrus bacon. Sure. Walrus I'll bacon. Try I'll, I'll try it. I'll try anything. You know, I like food. Same here. Yeah, yeah. Same here. You know, um, <laughs> Joel, Joel was talking about my uh, – was talking about lemonade and um, – it should it should be stated that uh, that there was a U.S. congressman who was drunk on my in my lawn, um, drinking my lemonade. So uh, yeah, that's it, hilarious. I'll um I'll share some with you at some point, but you know <laughs> that, that, that's that's about as far as I'm going to go with with that topic. You know, you know some, some things are meant to be you know <laughs> over cocktails. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Jacob says, hmm, this concept needs to be explored. We'll explore it in September when I'm at the uh, Liz Terwilliger camp uh, event. How's that? Oh, oh it'll definitely have some lemonade there. I actually told a bunch of people I would only refer to you as Spike Cohen's ride. But um, obviously <laughs> I would not do that. I was just trying to be funny. <laughs> anyway back, back to the more important topic at hand and that's you running for senate my friend and yes, uh we are super excited because you you have done so much you and the team and the entire libertarian party of pennsylvania have really really i use this term a lot because it's applicable trailblaze y'all are trailblazing with the liberty movement up there in pa so how can we amplify that so that we can uh, make your Senate race as loud as humanly possible, and then do the same thing with the down ballot. Well, I'm really, um, I'm really proud of what our team has done over the past couple of years. You know, I, I was chairman, but um, it, it's not just the job of the chair. The job of the chair is to help provide support when necessary to people who need it. You know, the people who are. Who are doing most of the work, you know, when uh, when when Jennifer was working on the Malton maneuver in 2019, um, you know, when she needed money for postage, I gave her money for postage. When she needed stuff printed out, I printed stuff out. And we're we're not it's not it's not a small amount to do, but at the same time, um, what she did was just unbelievable. You know, she spent uh, God thousands of hours stuffing envelopes. You know, she spent thousands of dollars of her own money to make it work. And, you know, this year we um, we started off with a decent amount of money to make and make the Malton Maneuver even bigger. And we're doing that. And it's and it's really paying off. You know, it really is paying off. The um, the people who've been working on it are just saying they're swamped with with work on this particular project. And I just love hearing some of the stories about it. But again, it's one of those things that you don't really want to talk about too much because you don't want to jinx these things. And plus I don't want to steal thunder right. when, uh, when Jennifer comes on the show and starts talking about it. It's, it's really good stuff. And, you know, I, I just really love doing it, but you know, the, the fact that we've been successful with, uh, with these election initiatives, you know, enabled us to increase our membership to the highest level that it's ever been in Pennsylvania. You know, it started off, when uh, when I took chair in 2019, we had 187 members, and now we have over 1,200. Oh my God! Yeah, and you know some of you know some of it was due to outreach, but when I say you know we 
the another part of it had to do with having a um, having an executive director, and ninety percent of that membership can be traced back to the work he's done, you know, with uh, with postcard mailings and whatnot. So that stuff really does work. And um, in our April meeting in two thousand nineteen, we did several things to help make stuff work. We um, Decided to take part in do a national city CRM, which uh, helped us get more involved with the data and get get our data situation fixed, our website situation fixed. Um, that was that was huge. You know, uh, we couldn't take donations before. It was really, I mean, it's, it's part of the reason why the membership levels were so low. This is everything was just broken. Right. You know, then that same meeting, you know, earlier. Earlier in the year, we put together a contract for an executive director. So later on in that meeting, we put that contract on the table and started talking about it. And uh, one of the guys from up in Bradford County, Greg Perry, I'm naming him by name, he brought up something. And um, and I was thinking to myself, okay, um, is this something I want to fight about? No, no, not really. So I just make the change. And I, I just right there, I edit it on my computer and I make the change. And I start saying, so does anybody else have any, have any objections to this contract? And he said, well, wait a minute. Are, are we going to vote on that? I said, well, no, I, it, it sounded, it made a lot of sense to me. I just made the change. So, you know, I, as right. amended, you have any problem with this as amended? No? Cool. Everybody's cool. Awesome. Let's go. <laughs> and um, that, that was just like that. You know, it was, um, it was passed. And then. Thank you, Bunny. And then uh, right after that, we actually hired Kevin. And in that same motion, we agreed to spend like half the treasury on his first membership meal. And there was a lot of people who were just really nervous, you know, about spending that much money since, you know, we didn't have any money coming in. They were like, what, you know, what are we going to do here if this fails? But, you know, in... Basically, in Kevin, we trusted at that point, you know, and uh, sure enough, it started it started to work. It took a little bit of time, but it started to work. And, um, you know, and I guess it was August that year. It was the first time uh, I had ever experienced being in an executive session in the Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. And I've been involved in, in the state party for, you know, over 10 years. You know, so I. Nice. Yeah, I yeah. Before that, it was mostly mostly uh, county county stuff that I was working. I was working Chester County, Montgomery County, and even a little bit of Bucks County. But um, at the time, but uh, then back to what what I was saying, you know, we um, we had all this stuff, and I've never been to an executive session before. But that particular executive session, we did some things that weren't glamorous. You know, we actually. Um, took steps so we could get into compliance as far as campaign finance paperwork goes. And um, we had like almost all of our lawyers were at that particular meeting. You know, we, and we talked it over, we talked it through what we needed to do and how, how to get into compliance with the state and make sure that, you know, we didn't get anybody in any kind of trouble while we were, while we were raising money because we were getting close to that threshold. And, um, you know, Dan Wassmer, he's, uh, chair of our finance committee now. He's um, 
he's just been a godsend when it came to what it was that was required, you know, and he got the paperwork ready. And, you know, the last time we had an address, it was a, um, it was a, it was a condominium in Philadelphia that belonged to a guy who passed away in the mid eighties, you know, that was our legal address. And uh, so we fixed that, you know, we got the paperwork in and, and we started filing and, and it was just in the nick of time because, you know, the money that we were bringing in was just starting to take off, you know, where we had only been taking in like $6,000 a year, you know, we multiplied that by a lot, you know, we, we started, we brought in, I think almost $50,000 that year. And, you know, this past year we brought in um, like 110. So we, we were, we, we really have been rocking and rolling with the, uh, with the donations, with membership. It's really great. And um, Jennifer says it right there. He continuously produces results. You know, he's, he's, he's awesome. It's amazing. And, and um, like I said, without the success of Jennifer, you know, people, you know, when people see that a party is doing something, you know, like electing libertarians, for example, they're more right. willing to donate. They're more willing to show up and work with us and make things happen. Um, people started coming to our convention. We had a lot of people who came, who right. came to the convention in 2020. You know, we had a really fun time at that convention. But um, now I don't know how much time you have left, but if you have, if we have enough time, I can give you a, uh, a funny story. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. Finish this off with a funny story for sure, Steve. That'd be great. All right, so... Um, I was talking about Dan Wassmer. Um, Dan Wassmer was our attorney general candidate. And what happened, so you know, Jennifer was our was our auditor general candidate. Dan Wassmer was our um, our attorney general candidate. And Joe Soloski, who I'm not sure if you've had on yet. Um, uh, he's scheduled um, in mid-August. Well, he was our uh, he was our treasurer candidate at the time, and all three of them. Uh, got us, there he is, all three of them got us minor party status with their performance. It's, again, cannot be understood. So um, in the meantime, let me get back to Dan Wasmer's story, funny story. So I'm there, I'm chairing the meeting, and we're looking for people to be attorney general. And all of our attorneys are like scattering. I mean, they're scattered. They're, they're literally, it was almost like, in Monty Python, he said, run away, run away, run away. They were all running away, you know? But uh, Dan Wasser, he's standing there looking like this. Um, <laughs> um, I, I I don't want to do it, but if, if nobody's going to do it, I'll do it. And I just stopped for half a second. I said, ladies and gentlemen, that was the most outstanding acceptance speech I have ever heard in my entire life. What do you think, Dan Wasser for Attorney General? Yeah, let's go to lunch. And he's like, "What just happened?" <laughs> so, yeah, he became our Attorney General candidate. Now, you know, just, yeah, he, he's a he's a fun dude. He's a fun dude. You know, I, we work with a really awesome team, and. Um, I, that can't be undersold. And uh, John Waldenberger, he was there. So so many of us are there. It was yeah, it, it was cool to share that. 
And we did that right on um, on PCN. So our um, our local TV station was broadcasting that as it's happening. That's incredible. That's a fantastic story. Uh, that that is just so libertarian. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That is fantastic. Yeah, yeah teach you never to speak up again. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So I'm, I'm a veteran. I was in the I was a Navy corpsman, and then uh, I helped out with the Marine Corps because they don't have their own medical personnel. We provide it for them. But uh, an acronym, uh, the best acronym for Navy is never again volunteer yourself. <laughs> I was in the army myself. So yeah, oh, you're in the army. Yeah, you were so, so close to being cool, Steve. <laughs> you were right there. <laughs> you were right hey. there. I thought it was too good to be true. I'm just hey, come kidding. On. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look. You know we can dunk on each other. Yeah, that, that's the whole point. Yeah, and, that, and that's the fun part. Knocking on each other because you know it's. There's there's a lot of Navy people that I worked with over the years, and um, you know it was it was it was nice working in positions where um, there were there were multiple services involved. Right. And you know, I worked with Navy, I worked with Air Force, I worked with Marines, and you know every everybody that I ever worked with was a lot of fun. You know there, there's a certain kind of brotherhood that goes along with that. No question. Uh, that it, it, I tell people all the time, it's like brothers and sisters, right? We can uh, beat beat up on each other, we can dunk on each other, and offend each other, and get hurt and make up. But if you're not part of the brother and sisterhood, don't you dare say a word. <laughs> even <laughs> about the day, even about the Air Force, we'll stick up for them too. Even about the Air Force, <laughs> that's funny. Um, so Joel gets asked, who will donate more to me, Steve, or the Cajun Libertarian? So be first to donate uh, to <laughs> Steve's camp. I'm going to put it out there, Steve and Joel's campaign. Um, I just asked for donations and for everybody to buy T-shirts so that I can make sure I still maintain Internet and upgrade the equipment because this stuff breaks down all the time. So please donate to Steve Sheets' campaign right there. Thank you, Bonnie. Bonnie's been exceptional every time I've ever spoken to her. So you got a real professional right there, I think, in my personal opinion. I have no idea what it means to run a campaign, nor do I ever want to find out, nor do I ever <laughs> want to run for office. But um, I have a high respect for people like you, Steve, that have pushed through and, and done so much work and sacrificed so much personal time to make the effort. And people like Bonnie that run campaigns and uh, we all do it for free. <laughs> that is true. Uh, uh, Ryan says, gets for mayor.com. I don't like doing that on your show, but hey, <laughs> I like Joel. I, I, I don't mind. He's, he's one of mine. So, you know, it's, we yeah. look, the, the, the beautiful thing about asking people, asking busy people to do stuff is that it's going to get done. You know, and um, I have campaign volunteers and every single one of us is super, super busy and um, we all get stuff done. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you're like at this point or not at this point, it's been a, it's a hot minute running now. Pennsylvania <laughs> is doing more than getting stuff done. You guys are leading the charge. Um, no question. Numbers wise, Indiana is killing it. And I'm really appreciating what Indiana's doing. And I know I'm going to miss a couple of states here. So, you know, please don't 
don't crucify me. Oklahoma shows me a lot of love, so I always got to shout them out. But Pennsylvania is showing mm-hmm. me a lot of love and showing libertarianism a lot of love. And you guys are, correct me if I'm wrong here, Steve, you're a full-blown purple state, right? We are. We are. I mean, you can go either way, you know, and um, sometimes, you know, depending on what district you're in, sometimes you have people saying, no, I'm a hardcore Democrat. No, I'm a hardcore Republican. And it's hard to get signatures for you know, being a third party candidate. Um, you know, my my county is that way. You know, uh, Montgomery County is um, is a lot easier to get signatures in. Philadelphia is a lot easier to get signatures in. And we are a family. Joel is absolutely right. No question. No question. How hard is it to get ballot access in PA? Um, it's a lot easier than it has been in the past, but it's still not easy. You know, um, even though they say you need 5,000 ballot signatures, uh, this past year when we got them, you know, for the Jorgensen campaign, we turned in 10,300. You know, that that's another story. You know, and again, I don't know how much time you have. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be mindful of that. No, but, you're uh, we're, you're, we're a little bit short, but that that go ahead. Well, we had it, it was it was it was somewhat of a disaster, and and without getting too long, we had three and a half weeks to collect uh, the ballot, like nine thousand signatures to get us on the ballot, right? And um, we did it. You know, we did it with a huge number of volunteers. Um, Bonnie was one of the was one of the Wow, she was key in making that happen. Um, we had a bunch of people who were paid petitioners. They worked. They worked their hearts out too. Uh, Jennifer ran the paid petition drive, and right. anybody who's worked a paid petition drive just knows what that is, what that means. It's 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 a lot of work. It's really tough, and um, she's more or less responsible for thirty five percent of all the gross signatures we turned in. So, you know, incredible. It's it is pretty it's pretty intense, you know. How, how many signatures do Republicans and guys need to get on? Well, technically zero. Because they need a thousand signatures to get on for their primary. But their primary is like their private internal thing. Once they have the nomination, they just walk onto the ballot. You know, we get our get our nomination at convention or through our county affiliates and meetings and whatnot, right? Um, but then we have to collect thousands of signatures to get them to ballot, you know, more so than than the uh, Republicans or Democrats. Republicans and Democrats have, um, you know, for Congress and for statewide, they have like a thousand signatures, that's it. You know, we have, yeah, we have 5,000 for statewide. Um, if we're doing the row offices, like attorney general, that's like 2,500, but you know, it's all, it's all in the same signature form. So, you know, when we turned everything right. in, we turned everything in for everybody. How many signatures do you need? 5,000? I need 5,000. Yes. Okay. The, so, I, I imagine y'all aren't working on that yet or am I wrong? We can't work on that until, well, A, I got to get the nomination that happens at our convention and um, March. Yes. Once that uh, once that convention happens, then we can start um, then we can start petitioning wholesale, and um, I intend to do just that. And you know, a lot of it's going to be you know wandering around the state helping down ballot candidates you know, because as I'm as I'm helping them get on the ballot, they're helping me get on the ballot, and that's what 
Um, James, get in touch with me, brother. Let me know if you're able to, if you're able to help, I'd really be happy. Uh, I live in Bucks County, just North of Philly. Oh, wow. That's why your, uh, spikes ride. Hmm? That's why your spikes ride. I'm <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. For those of you who don't know, like, uh, the, the Twilliger campus flying myself and Spike Cohen and Tasha Cohen out and, and several others. But, uh, I reached out to Steve because we had already been talking in, in in hopes that I could just catch a ride with him and Spike. And that's kind of the running joke that running joke that Steve wasn't even a part of until we were live. And uh I was telling a couple of people, I was like, Oh yeah, I'm not even calling Steve, I'm just calling Spike's ride. But oh, obviously yeah. that I'm not gonna do that. Um I will say that uh Tasha's nah, ride. <laughs> yes indeed who i met over the weekend both phenomenal i like to dunk on spike a lot just because of the nature of our relationship uh being in muddy waters media by, oh by the way hey, look you know if you don't feel comfortable saying this that's okay but if you would i would like you to say the cajun libertarian has the best beard on all of muddy waters media the cajun libertarian has the best beard <laughs> on all of muddy waters media you are the man, Steve. You are such a good sport, dude. We've had so much fun just in text messaging alone. It's been hilarious. I love uh, everything that you have going on. You, you're just, uh, you are, how do I put this, um, kind of a gold standard right now for what we're supposed to do and operate as far as a state, as far as a former chair. Did I get that right, by the way? You stepped down to run for Senate, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I, I just, um, you, you can't do both. You just can't. It's impossible. You know, I um, when I was, uh, you know, when I was working for as chair, you know, there was awful lot of time devoted to that. You know, I, I get I get home from work, I jump on the computer and start doing chair stuff. And and while it wasn't the whole night long, and do start doing chair stuff, you know, in in the early evening, um, go out do a few things and come back do some more chair stuff. Then get some more messages like around 11 30, 12 o'clock. And I get up at like 4 35 o'clock in the morning. So, you know, do wow. it all over again. Wow. Just absolutely burning it up. That's why you are the man. And it's pretty clear because there's a lot of people in the comments that think that you are the man or that say that you are. And uh, just from our conversations, I'm loving everything that you got going on. If you, if anybody wants to question, Steve's ability or leadership, go check the PA stats for the Libertarian Party. That's all I have yeah. to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going I'm to brag you up. You know, I know, I know you're going to be yeah. humble. You're a humble guy, and I appreciate that. I'm a humble guy, but I, I'm going to talk you up because what you've been doing and what you are going to do when you are elected to U.S. Senate is going to be quite amazing. And we thank you very much for your sacrifice. We thank you for your time, your energy, your effort. All of those things, I don't mean to sound generic. I mean that genuinely and honestly. Like it's, I know I am getting a glimpse firsthand now what it takes to be somebody in your shoes and what you're doing. And if I can put it bluntly, this shit ain't easy. So, But, you know, again, there's, there's a lot of times when you're doing this stuff and, you know, it's you get a certain amount of satisfaction from the work that you do, from seeing people succeed, seeing people uh, accomplish things. You know, watching everything that went around in 2019 
was just awe-inspiring, you know, and and it made me want to do it all that much more, Dang. you know, just despite all the um, all the hardships and everything else that that you're dealing with, there's just so many cool things that go along with it, and um, that that's why I love doing what I do. Yep, uh, same here, and and we love doing what you're doing. I know you saw that just now, Joseph P. Solosky in the house. We have like all the ma major players from PA tonight. I am very proud. Uh, thank y'all all for showing up, but most importantly, Steve, thank you very much, man. Uh, we are out of time now. What else do we need to do to pitch to everyone and to all of the libertarian non-libertarians are going to watch this video over the next several months what can we tell them uh to to help right to, to get on board what can we do to get you in office well tell them to, tell them to be on the lookout for more messages from the campaign um if they're in the cities look out for when i'm going to be there um come out say hi you know I'm, I'm very approachable i love talking to everybody you know it doesn't matter who you are and um bonnie thank you uh, please donate to the campaign because that's going to help us be more mobile in 2022. It's going to help us be able to hand out more campaign literature, more stickers. You know, and and it's not just about um, the sales stuff. You know, like like stickers and and pamphlets and whatnot. It's about being there, being with the people, showing right. them who we are, explaining what we're about. You know, and um, it's just really, really cool. James Lane. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not trying to distract you. These are just good comments and I want them, I want everybody to see them. Oh no, no, that's cool. That's cool. I you know, just I, I see some cool comments and I, you know, and I do want to say I do want to say something. You know, it's not, yeah, it's not really a distraction. It's really nice. Thank you. Very good. Yeah, absolutely. You're very welcome. So again, uh throwing Bonnie up here because she's fantastic, clearly. And so are you. So please donate to CH campaign efforts. When we get do uh, when we get through, let me say it like that. When we get through with the convention in March, which I may be able to be there, uh, from I, I believe from what I'm hearing, um, hopefully I will be. I'd love to come back to PA and bring my wife with me. Then oh, we can start working. Yeah, then we can start working on your uh, your signatures, right? Because you got to get nominated first, which that's yeah. going to happen. It's an easy win there, uh, and then we'll start working on signatures. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an easy one. But for now, please donate to Steve's campaign and let's get everything we possibly can going up and running so that Steve Sheets will be a U.S. senator representing the state of Pennsylvania. I messed up your promo earlier. Man. I'm so sorry. <laughs> the wording was goofy. I didn't mean it to look like you were running for PA Senate. It just, um, it, I didn't word it quite right. That's totally my fault. Sorry about that. We no, no, no. I'm the, the only thing was I, I was just concerned that you were thinking that I was running for PA, you know, to be no. a senator. Yeah. No, no, and, uh, I, I knew better. I just messed up the wording on it. That's my fault. Hey, is it? No worries. It was very cool. Thank <laughs> you so much. Yeah. No, thank you, Steve. You are incredible. Uh, believe it or not, uh, uh, September 17th is, I know you already know this, but that is right around the corner. So I will be meeting you very soon in person. Um, Spike's ride, everybody. No, I'm totally kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm totally kidding. I never give him that much credit, but uh, 
I don't know. It's a bunch of fun. You're a bunch of fun, Steve. You deserve all the credit in the world, my friend. Uh, I know Jennifer's picking up the torch and, and probably doing a better damn job than you are at it. Oh, uh, she actually is. <laughs> yes, no, she's and amazing. We'll, you know, and I'm so proud to be working with her. So I can imagine. I can imagine. And, and Joe Soloski as well. I got him coming on in mid-August. Can't wait. That Look, how incredible would it be that when we wrap up 2022, we have a, over 100 elected libertarian local offices. We have a libertarian U.S. senator in yourself, and then we have the uh, a Pennsylvania libertarian governor. I think this is possible. From your lips to God's ears, my friends, that would be awesome. And that Liz Williger awesome. for Congress. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. And that's what we're working for. I think it's possible. I think uh, as we begin to track this road of liberty and freedom over the next couple of months, I think it's going to become more probable than possible. And that is due all to your leadership and, and your team working Pennsylvania into the libertarian state that it is quickly becoming. The trailblazing is amazing. Thank you for your leadership. Thank you for the gold standard. We're looking to y'all. No pressure. None. No pressure. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are killing it, man. Steve, thank you so much for coming on the show. I can't thank wait you, to have you back on. You're running for office, so you know later on we're gonna have you back on, of course. Yeah. Well, I mean, if you agree to it, that's of course, of consensual. course, it's all consensual. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Thank you so much. Go enjoy your evening. I will see you in a few weeks, my friend. See you in a few weeks, my friend. Thank you, Steve. And thank you. Ciao. Ciao. Awesome, awesome, awesome. That guy's incredible, fantastic. I mean, you saw it right here. Amazing interview, amazing person, amazing human being, and I can't wait to get that guy into office. I truly believe that he is going to be a U.S. senator come November 2022, along with PA, kind of leading the charge with the Indiana nipping at the heels, other states just killing it, Oklahoma. I know Texas is just crazy good as well. Uh, the messaging coming out of Texas is phenomenal. But tonight is about Steve Sheets, his run for U.S. Senate. Uh, Joe Soloski says, great interview. Yes, yes, it was, Joseph. I can't not wait to have you on. Thank you for sp sponsoring Muddy Waters Media. You are phenomenal as well. And you will be the next governor of, of PA, along with Steve Sheets running the helm in the U.S. Senate for PA. And Joe Getz for mayor. I mean, it's just incredible. Uh, Liz Terwilliger for Congress. I mean, PA is just killing it. Uh, I, it just, I couldn't be more excited. I couldn't be more excited. I'm going to keep rounding, roundabout with all that if, if I keep talking. Yeah, see you in Williamsport. Exactly. And so, and then Governor Bruno. Bruno for Governor of Oklahoma. Uh, Steve Sheets for U.S. Senate. I'm going to put that uh, PayPal back up. Please donate, 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 donate. If everybody that is watching tonight donated like five bucks, five dollars, instead of a Starbucks coffee, we donate five bucks. You would wind up with literally thousands of dollars by the end of the night because for some reason people watch this show. I don't know why. Actually, I do know why. It's because I have people like Steve Sheets on. That's why people watch the show. And so thank you very, very much for being here. I will see y'all Friday night. Friday night at 8.30 p.m. Central Time, Freedom Time, for the Cajun Eskimo Show from Bayou's to Igloos on Muddy Waters Media.
All of y'all are absolutely fantastic. You know that I love you very, very much. I say it every show because I mean it every show. I'm passionate about this cause. So are you. That's why you tune in to watch a, a schlub like me, or really you watch people like Steve, rightfully so, because Steve's amazing. I'm just here to provide the platform. I love y'all for it. Y'all have elected me to this position is how I look at it. For those of you that are tuning in for the first time, and I, I say this all the time, I do not take this lightly because I do feel like this is an elected position. And so I'm already elected. No need to run for office. No. Nope. So with that being said, I love you very much, and I will see you all Friday night, Cajun and Eskimo show from Bayous to Igloos on Muddied Waters Media. I am out. <laughs>